And Jesus sees beyond testing to the grace and the reward in the relationship. And many times we believe that faith is something that we can conjure up within ourselves and do great things, yet the object of our faith is what really matters. When you realize who Jesus is and His desire to want to know you, to save you, to walk with you, to fulfill your destiny as His Father described it in creation. Then you understand the importance of faith in Jesus Christ. A lot of folks are looking for a purpose in life and they wander about looking for a reason for being. They realize that they're one more brick in the wall. Their significance doesn't stand out. As, as not too many years ago, they referred to people who wanted to be noticed outside the normal as having their 15 minutes of fame. Many people desire that, and then they rest on those laurels the rest of their life. But true purpose is not centered in 15 minutes of fame. It's centered in fulfilling your destiny. When God created Adam and Eve, He had a purpose for them, and in them, our purpose would have been fulfilled. And yet with sin, they fell away, and so did we. And we lost sight of our purpose and our place. And this world seems to distract us from who God is and what He wants in so many ways. And that's why it's important that we focus on Him and be prepared to go the distance, whatever it may require. Runners understand this, especially long-distance runners. For they don't start out strong. They start out and pace themselves. Because they know they need that burst of energy getting near the finish line. When they see that goal, they need to exert the authority and the power to reach that goal and to fulfill their destiny as a winner. Yet many times in the race, we get distracted. I can remember one time in Atlanta, we had, they called it the, the great puppy race. And everybody in the community got to bring a puppy from their litter and put it in a race. And they lined the track off and they had everything there. And one, one owner could release the puppy and another one be at the other end waiting on the puppy. And, and they released them and it was just a disaster. Except for one puppy. There was one puppy there who was so fat that his stomach dragged the ground. But he made a beeline for his master at the other end. You know why? They had been feeding that one a special kind of ham that he loved. And boy, did he love it. And for two days before that, they did not give him any ham. Later on, we said what happened was the whole thing was rigged. They knew how to do that. Now, God does not tempt us in that way because you can't be tempted or tested by God. What God says is, if you'll trust me, you'll fulfill your destiny in me, and I will meet your needs in every sort of way, and you'll have eternity to be thankful. But you've got to trust me. And you can't look to the left or the right. You can't listen to what other people say. You can't even get discouraged and run away. You've got to be obedient. That's the word. You've got to obey, and you will find 
that you're in the center of God's will and you have a purpose that's beyond all understanding. That's exactly what happened to this Greek woman. She was part Phoenician, part Syrian, but she was all Gentile. And she was not the one that Jesus had sent his disciples to reach. After all, the disciples were to call Israel, the Jewish people, to him. They were to follow Jesus as the Messiah. Then they would go out and they would bring the world to Christ. That was the plan. But this woman understood something. She understood not only her daughter was in trouble... But secondly, she understood that Jesus had the power over all sorts of things. And I don't think she was just fascinated with him. I think she understood he was the only hope that she could have. And when she petitioned him, it was not simply a petition, come help me out. She wanted to know what he was really all about. Because she felt a tugging in her heart. You know, in the Matthew account, it says that her faith was great. And she trusted in the goodness of Jesus. But when he talked with her, I don't know about you, but I remember as a very young boy reading this passage, and I winced when I heard what Jesus said to her. It's not the kind of thing I would want to say to anybody. I wouldn't insult anyone, especially about their, their race or culture or background. You, you just don't do that. But he did that. And I would think today for a few minutes about, number one, why he did that and the difference that it made in her life and the life of her daughter eternally. First of all, I want you to notice that faith goes the distance beyond what the world would consider appropriate. Faith believes far beyond anything that we can conceptualize. We're coming up Friday on Valentine's Day, and that's when, when well, back when I was in school, you took a Valentine for everybody. Nowadays, you know, it, it's different. Some, some schools don't celebrate that. They say, no, that's not something that's appropriate. And if you take one, you've got to take one for everybody, whether you like them or not. That's what we did in school. Our teachers said, well, learn to like them. And it's amazing how the people that I had basically built a wall to put them away from me, once I got to know them, we had a lot in common. It's amazing how God will do that will make us move beyond what is comfortable. And in this situation, faith causes her to go beyond what the world would expect is appropriate. It wasn't appropriate for a Gentile to even approach a Jew. Certainly wasn't proper for a woman to be so bold as to address a man, especially a man that she did not know. Jesus was trying to get away from the crowds. He was tired. A lot had been going on. He needed to rest and he needed to get his thoughts together. But in the midst of that, this woman comes crying out. Now, I have to remind you, Jesus was used to people being improper. He had a cousin, John. He was a little bit, in fact, he was a little weird. Not only improper, but he was weird. And the reality is, God loves people that are not normal, that are a little bit different. He made us all different for a reason. 
we're the ones that define what normal is. And I don't believe that God ever talked about normal. He said, if you're made in my image, you're wonderful. Normal doesn't matter. He likes people that are unique because if you find your position in life and if you find your purpose in life, nothing else matters. This woman realized that she had a purpose in life, and that was to bring her daughter to full health, this one that God had given to her. She loved her, and she didn't allow any barrier to stop her from that. A mother's love is probably the greatest love you'll see in this world. It's so sacrificial. A mother will die to keep her child alive. A mother will fight for her child. A mother will ignore the fact that her child is grown and should be on his own and still try to meet their needs and care for them. Children know there is safety with their mother, for she will protect them and love them. But secondly, I want you to notice this. Faith sees beyond the probability. And this woman did not let culture and ethnicity change anything for her. When she approached Jesus, he said something that was just so bizarre. And, and I want to remind you that, uh, that among the, the, the people there, she lived in a territory today that we call Lebanon. And the Syrian Phoenician people were considered thoroughly Gentiles. And it was a common thing to refer to Gentiles as dogs. Now, if they referred to them as my dog, I'd consider that a compliment. Because my little dog loves me. And she's beautiful. And she's wonderful. But back then, dogs were not household pets. They weren't even kept outside. Dogs would run loose. They would endanger the flocks of sheep and goats. They were not desired to be around, and, and dogs were basically scavengers that were considered unclean. This was not a kind word to use to refer to somebody as a dog. Let me tell you what Jesus was doing. He was seeing where her faith's limits would go to. He was trying to stretch her faith to see if she really believed in Him or just wanted to help her daughter. You see, if she just wanted to help her daughter, she would look at him and says, go ahead and insult me all you want. I'm here for my little girl. But she didn't do that. She really cared, not only for her daughter, but she wanted to know more about Jesus. Jesus was doing something amazing here. He was drawing out her faith. Testing it to see where she really believed and what she believed. And what she said to him was outstanding. For when he threw out a very common slang thing, you don't give what belongs to children to the dogs. She, in a very humble fashion, she said, Yes, Master, but the dogs get the crumbs that are dropped by the children. And that's what I'm here for. What she said was far beyond anything culturally we could understand. 
She humbled herself and understood what was going on, yet she realized there was a wall of separation keeping her away from Jesus. Jesus was aiming at the Jewish people. But he was so moved by the passion and compassion of this woman for her own daughter that he saw the love of God for him and the love that he had for God. And it changed him. He looked at her and did something that was so out of order. He had pity on her. He felt love for her. And he answered her question fully and totally. Isn't it unusual that he didn't have to go see that little girl? No, he could see her already. He was there in creation, Jesus was, for it said, Let us make man in our own image or after our likeness. And he could see through the bloodline all the way down to that little girl, that Syrian Phoenician offspring. And he saw her and he loved her. And he was compelled to change her. But lastly, realize this. Faith sees beyond insults and persecution. Faith is bigger than that. I very often encounter people that have been hurt. And they've rejected God. Someone that they felt represented God hurt them deeply. And they walked away. Dear friend, I want to tell you something. God will never hurt you. He will never harm you. He can only help you. Faith sees beyond the insults and the persecution of life. We all get discouraged. We all get frustrated. And and sometimes when we make up our mind to do something that we know in our heart of hearts is wrong, like leave church or walk away from the gospel or walk away from a responsibility we have, we make up excuses for it. And many people will look at it and they'll blame someone else. But the reality is this woman saw beyond all of that. She was not going to be sidetracked by an insult. It's said in the original language she kept asking over and over and over again. God has a way of being touched by our concern. How do you pray? When someone's on your mind and your heart, how do you pray for them? Do you just mention them once or twice, or do you pray constantly for them? You see, there's a power in prayer, not that, that, that you're, you're hitting the buttons enough that eventually God will say yes because He's tired of hearing from you. No, that's not what it's about. It's about a pure heart requesting something that's purely out of love. And God has a way of answering those prayers. Just the other day, early in the morning, I was sitting with two church members. We were up in UAB in a waiting room full of people. And, and hey, Robert and Gail. And we were waiting to go in for surgery. It was a big surgery. It wasn't a little surgery. But God answers prayer. And the big surgery went so well that Gail played for us here this morning. She's feeling great. God is working, and He hasn't stopped working. He won't stop working because 
we poured our hearts out and we will continue to do that. I'm not going to stop praying for you, Gail. We're just a little ways down the road. God's going to be so glorified when this is over with. It's amazing. And we trust Him for that. Prayer has to be focused on Him knowing that He answers our prayer. But understanding this, He doesn't always answer our prayer immediately or the way we want or in the direction we want. Sometimes He takes a different path. Not the way we would go. But remember this, God is, is not about just giving us what we want. He's about in the process of doing that, teaching us to trust Him and to love Him. To understand who He is. To, to realize that every situation in life prepares us for more in life. Faith goes far, far beyond persecution and insults. It even goes beyond pride. Second Kings 5 tells one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, the story of Naaman. Naaman was a great soldier. He was a general. He was from a country that was very powerful. Yet Naaman had a common disease, leprosy. And it was one that, that put him in a situation where he was considered unclean among certain peoples, especially Jewish people. And Naaman went to the priest, Elisha, to be healed. Now let me tell you, he's a powerful man. He'd won many wars. He'd slaughtered thousands and thousands of people. He was not just your common garden variety soldier. He was a leader of a great army. And when he approached Elisha's house and sent someone to call for him, you know what Elisha did? He did the most inappropriate thing he could do. He didn't come out. He didn't. He ignored him. Elisha being a prophet that heard the voice of God so clearly in his heart that it was just like thinking. And God had told him, the problem with this general is not the leprosy on the outside, but it's the pride on the inside. And I want to heal both of those. Which is more dangerous, leprosy or pride? I would submit pride. If you're a proud, arrogant person, you can't always see that. But it will destroy you and make you a very unhappy person. And when Elisha told him to go down and dip in the river seven times. Now, I want to tell you something. I, I've seen the Jordan River, and it, it's not really a pretty river. It's not really a river like we... It's not like the Alabama River. Maybe nastier than the Alabama River. But he said, go and dip seven times. Now, pride would tell you that when you walk down there and dip the first time, you'd be clean. But he wasn't. He had to be obedient. He had to shed his pride. And upon coming up the seventh time, he, his skin was as clear as snow. Because the problem wasn't leprosy. It was deeper than that. Sometimes we allow things like that to separate us from God's will. We'll come close to, to Him when we're in a, a, a situation that nobody else can help. But then we go right back to where we were before. 
God wants us to be a people who change. This Syrophoenician woman, this Gentile, never went back from where she had come from. Her encounter with Jesus changed her life and the life of her daughter. Her faith was powerful, but what it was fixed upon really mattered. Do you trust God? Do you believe that He can meet your every need? Do you you believe that He can protect you? Some people believe in the strength in their own body and the intelligence in their own mind, and that's what they trust in. But will we always have that? I would submit if you live long enough, you won't. Some people trust in what they've accumulated in wealth to to protect them and take care of them. They believe that that, that their retirement plan, their 401k or whatever they have, is going to take care of them. They read the articles in Kiplinger's and they, they study about different things and they make sure they have a backup plan and a backup backup plan. But the reality is the best laid plans can collapse. Who are you really trusting in today? You trust in Jesus? Do you know that He won't fail you no matter what? Even even when things look disastrous, even when it seems that things are going the wrong way, He still loves you. Job was a blessed man, and yet everything he had was stripped from him. Not by God, but by Satan. Because Satan said, take everything away that he has and he'll curse you to your face. God loves to show out those who love him. And that's exactly what he did with Job. Now I guarantee you, when Job got to heaven, he probably looked and says, God, you, per- you cut it pretty close there. I-, I was a little nervous there for a while. But the reality is Job wasn't nervous. He he. He said in the midst of of his worst disaster after his wife had told him to curse God and, and kill himself. He said, look, if God kills me, I'm still going to trust him. I'm not going to give up on him. He's got me this far. Why should he leave me now? So I've lost some things. So what? I still have him. Let me tell you something, dear friend. That's the kind of faith we have to have in this day. Not faith that depends on the last bell of the market as it rings on a Friday and what happens over the weekend. Not what's going on in the Nikkei Index or in China's political situation or with the coronavirus. None of that matters. Are you in your life fulfilling your destiny for Jesus Christ? Because all that will happen is this one day when you die. You're going to be asked, what did you do with my son Jesus? Did you exalt His name? Did you praise Him in your life and worship Him in your behavior? Did you share with other people the difference He had made in your life? Or did you absorb the goodness of God just for yourself? You want to find purpose in life? Fulfill your destiny in Christ. It begins by coming to church. It doesn't end here. This is the beginning point. 
out here, the door on the side, the, the sacred green door, as we call it, the only, only door that you can get into this church when it's all locked, there's a little sign there that says, you're leaving for the mission field. And that's exactly what is out there, the mission field. If you look on this mission field of Selma and you're discouraged, upon what are you basing your discouragement? Is it based upon a God that's not able to fulfill His goodness in this world? Or is it the fact that you're not willing to trust Him to do the work? Some people don't want to serve Christ. My dad had kind of a strange sense of humor when I was growing up. and I can remember going down to, we'd go to Foley, Alabama and spend one and a half days there vacation. One and a half days. My dad said he couldn't leave his hunting dogs too long. And I can remember going that direction and on the highway, these four interstates came along, there'd be a, a road crew working and they'd have the big orange signs up. Remember back then, they'd put them up and put those little smudge pots in front of them and light them so at night you could see what it said. And my dad would point at the signs, and, he, and, and by the way, if you work for the DOT, forgive me already, but my dad would look at those signs and point, and he'd say, boys, you know why they put those signs up that say, men at work? He'd say, no, daddy. He said, because otherwise you'd have no idea what they're doing there. <laughs> well, you know, God is looking at us, and we're saying we're at work in this world. Do people know what we're doing? Or are we just serving ourselves? Or maybe taking care of our immediate family? All these things are good. These are things that we should do. Charity begins at home, but it doesn't end there. It goes far beyond that. I know this church loves the lost. I know we love missions. I know that we give freely to missions especially foreign missions, but do you, do you love the mission field of Selma? Because we live on this mission field, and we're going to be judged for what we've done on this mission field. Is Selma a better place because you're here? Do you care about this city? Jesus died for the lost here in this city. For the worst criminal that, that Sheriff Grantham has in his jail, Jesus died for. For the person that will go back again and again and again to the drugs and continue to degrade and destroy their life and the lives of their family, Jesus died for them. And you may be the voice of Jesus that reaches them. Don't hold that back. Fulfill your purpose. And you'll be amazed at what God will do for you in eternity as you listen to Him. Let us pray. Father, I thank You that this story gives to us the realistic view of one simple woman who loved greatly. And in the process of seeking help and hope for a daughter, she found faith for herself. Lord, I pray that we can learn by this because the reality is a lot of us want Jesus to help us, but we don't want Jesus to guide us. Some people want to know about Jesus and tell others, but they don't want to live that in their own life because it's tough living the Christian life. And I pray that you would speak to someone this morning who's in that situation right now that's struggling 
that has a de- they have a decision to make and they've, they put it off over and over and over again. Father, speak to them this morning. Give them an understanding of what you want to do in their life. And may they trust you even now to follow faithfully. God bless us and help us to understand what you desire to do in our life. And if there's one here that's seeking salvation today, it's available. If there's someone here that wants to just come and join the church, this is the day that God has ordained for that. Lord, speak to someone today and may they respond to you and your Holy Spirit even now. For it's in your precious name I do pray. Amen.